Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Lynette Fager. Lynette, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Well, we left some of the best stuff on the cutting room floor, so to speak, because we just had a great conversation about you haven't taken a class that I taught so long ago that I had forgotten that. <laughs> and then we were talking about feral cats and dirty windows. And then we were talking about children and your complicated life of having a three-year-old and a six-year-old and you and your husband working in different parts of the county, but making it all work. So thank you for being here despite all of that. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Well, Lin Lynette, as you know, on this podcast, we talk about your career path. We talk about the organization you work for, some of the projects you're working on, but I want to start with a little bit of a curveball and tell me about work-life balance because you've got two young kids, your husband works, as I mentioned, kind of opposite ends of the county, actually in different counties. Yes. Um, so tell me, <laughs> this is a loaded question, but how do you make all that work? Oh, well, I'm not sure that I do sometimes, but <laughs> I try really, really hard. Um, so really... It comes down to having a really good team. Mm -hmm. And when my husband and I got married, we, we made a deal because my husband's from Houston, Texas. Ah, okay. And we met at college. All right. And so when we decided, when we were going to get married, um, we kind of decided, hey, we'll go to wherever whoever gets a job first uh -huh. kind of thing. Okay. And it happened to be me. Right. And I landed at Business People magazine. And, and my husband got a job shortly thereafter. And what we just determined right then is, is we said, you know what? We've got to find a time and find a way to just continue to find – a center for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And really that's what we found that was we were able to do. And from there, um, we have a really great relationship when it comes to we both kind of have downtime is our time and mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what we're doing. It's just matters that we're in the same space. So yeah. it's not uncommon at all for me to be working in the evening, kind of doing some wrap up stuff on my laptop and him to be doing something totally different. And really that still centers us a lot, which yeah. is fantastic for us. But outside of that, like my kids are in the same, they go to, um, kindergarten and to daycare. Almost done with kindergarten. That's wild. I'm about to have a first grader. That's a little wild to me. Um, but they go to... Another existential crisis. I, right, we had one earlier, but now we're having really one is. while after we hit record. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those moments where like when my kids are right there and they're able to be really close to me in the county that I'm working. And so I really do get to see so much of them. Yeah. I just don't get to see much of my house. Yeah, sure. And that's okay with me. So yeah. I, I don't know that I balance it all, but I try really hard. They yeah. also have learned to spend a lot of time on campus with me. Okay. Um, they love being on campus. They know what building I work in, and they know where everything on campus is. So I never let them go free range on, yeah. my, on my university campus. But there's a lot of time where I'll spend and just say, hey, let's, let's have some fun. So it's good times. Well, I honestly think that's great because a lot of kids, they're, I, know, I know like my father when I was growing up, his work life was a complete mystery to me. I knew it was something to do with computers in the 1970s. But other than that, I was like, I have no idea. So I think that's good. And being on a college campus, they probably take in some good stuff that they'll use later. So that's great. Yeah. All right. So let's start at the beginning with Career Path, because you have ended up working at a place very near where you grew up. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your first thoughts about career. What were, what were you originally thinking and where did you go from there? Did that take you down the path you're working in now or did you pivot at some point? Honestly, I love this question so much because I I remember very distinctly as a high school student thinking and, and realizing that I wanted to be a writer. Mm -hmm. And from the that moment where I was like, I want to be a writer, then I realized, you know what? No, I want to manage the writing. So I wanted to be an editor. Mm -hmm. And I, I it was, my, I think, my junior year in high school and I was like, 
I want to be the editor of a magazine. Hmm. And so from there, I decided to go to college. I went to Huntington University, and I loved my college experience. And during my, it would have been my junior year, I believe, I was able to get an internship at Business People Magazine. Okay. All right. And so I did a summer-long internship where I had the most wonderful immersive experience where I not only got to write, but I got to do photo shoots and interviews, and I got to shadow the the editor at that time. And was that Kevin Herb? Uh, no, that would have been Amber Recker. Amber Recker, who's a previous <laughs> yes. guest on the podcast. Yes, okay. <laughs> it really all does come together. Yes, it's it does. Great. Yeah. And so, um, so she was my mentor in that moment, and she really did a lot of guiding for me. Um, and then I stayed on as a freelance writer there when I went back to finish my senior year of college. And then uh, I was a, de- a December graduate. And before I was able to walk in graduation in May, I get a call from Amber saying, hey, I'm resigning my position at Business People. I'm going to work somewhere else. And I think you should be the next editor. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I didn't have my diploma. My first thought was I'm going to – I did the whole like classic, I'm going to have to go make my bones somewhere. I'm going to have to go like work in a newspaper, like work in the crappy shift and terrible Mm -hmm. beat and whole nine Mm -hmm. yards. And so she handed me my my career on a silver platter. Wow. And I've got to give Dean Copeland a ton of credit because he took a massive risk oh, yeah, for sure. on a 20-something who yeah. um, had no experience other than what I had seen in his company. Yeah. And uh, from there, I, I got to spend four years doing my dream job and mm-hmm. no one gets that at 23. Oh, no. Yeah. And wow. I, I loved it. I learned so much. It was like drinking out of a fire hose. Mm-hmm. I learned so much so fast. Yeah. Um, so much about building relationship, so much about watching how relationships run a business and um, create paths for people, yeah. which was really fantastic. And then from there, I get a call a couple years later saying, hey, we had an adjunct faculty member at Huntington University who um, was unable to, for whatever reason, do this class that starts in a week. Oh, wow. Would you be willing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I had no way to get in touch with this faculty, this would-be faculty member to get their um, curriculum or anything. There was what, like, what class was this oh, that you? You're gonna, you're gonna love this. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna love this. So it was actually social media. Oh wow. It, okay. Yes, and this all comes together. So <laughs> I, I, because uh, I had taken your class. Yeah. Probably it would have probably been two years before that. Okay. And so I was like what in the world am I going to do? I was like, I'm not going to turn this opportunity down. Yeah, I would sure. love to sure. teach. I think it'd be great. Sure. Uh, and so I was like, okay. And so I said yes on the phone without really giving it any thought. Mm-hmm. And the class was supposed to start in a week and I was actually on vacation at oh, the time. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> and so I spent the rest of my vacation in, in the Rocky Mountain, in the Smoky Mountains, uh, working on as much curriculum as I could possibly work on without having anything with me to plan for this. And I actually, I remember pulling some notes because I still had yep. my notes from your class. So I pulled some of that out. I pulled some of my own experience, my own research, yeah. put together a class, and I taught that for a couple of years before uh, they had an opening in the university relations department at Huntington University oh, wow. for me to come in. And so I, I was able to get that position, which was actually a really hard decision. Leaving business people was hard. Yeah. But um, I loved, because I loved my experience there. But sure. It, it worked out. I went back to Huntington. I started out as web and social media coordinator there. And a few years later, I was able to move into the director of communication position. Oh, wow. 
and ta-da. Yeah, and <laughs> so two baptisms by fire, and they both worked out. You know, really, they did. So you started at Huntington as an adjunct instructor. Were you teaching just one class to start? At the time, yes. And then was it sort of part-time but with multiple classes, or were you full-time right after that first teaching experience? No, it was part-time. I was teaching – I was adjunct teaching uh-huh. um, part-time, just their social media course, um, and it was in the fall of each semester. And that was really mm-hmm. all there was. I was still mm-hmm. working full-time at Business People. And um, eventually then I, uh, when I actually came on board full-time at, as an employee at Huntington University, they, my, um, the person I reported to at that time, she was teaching a public relations practicum. Uh-huh. And so she asked me if, she, if I would co-teach with her. Mm-hmm. And then after about two semesters of that, she's like, do you want to not co-teach, but do you want to just <laughs> yeah. teach? Yeah. And I said, oh, sure. Yeah. And so that's actually the class that now I teach every semester. Okay. And I've since had to relinquish my hold on the social media course, was, course which was actually really tough for me because I loved teaching that course. But... With that work-life balance that you were talking about earlier, there was just no way. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing professionally, because I, I do a lot of stuff. The one thing that had to, I had to concede was teaching four credit classes. I still teach. As a matter of fact, I'm teaching the social media class now. I still teach to incumbent workforce people when there's no homework to grade. But <laughs> I really do miss exactly. being in the classroom with traditional age students because it really informs your perspective as a marketer and as a communicator because they speak somewhat of a different language. Oh, and it's so. a reminder of you know what you have to catch up on because they're living fully digital lives even more so than than I am. So you know I, I applaud you for continuing to do that even at some you know, level because I'm sure it helps you from a marketing and communication standpoint. Oh my goodness, so much. And I, I, that was one of the challenges where I really didn't want to give up the social media course because that class every year was between a 30 and 40 person class. Wow. Uh, and it, I loved it because it really did push me to make sure I was staying super current or yeah. as current as I possibly could. And um, they always tended to push the boundaries for me and uh, made me kind of think really about, okay, what is the actual purpose of this tool that we've come so much to rely on, mm-hmm. but really go back to the core of purpose. Mm-hmm. And um, I really found that the principles that I had uh, learned in oh, through my years in, mm-hmm. in the professional world really were as true 10 years ago as they are today when yeah. it comes to social media. Um, but then when I did, when I did relinquish my, my, uh, my hold, I will say on that class, keeping the practicum was really important yeah. for me. First of all, cause it's a pass fail course. So mm-hmm. I don't have to grade really great. much. Awesome. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. I just get to like teach. It's great. Yeah. But beyond that, like I, I really still allows me to keep kind of a, a closer finger on the pulse of what students are mm-hmm. thinking, yeah. especially since why the audience I'm trying to reach half the time in my, in my, actual full-time job is the same age as the students in my class, which yeah. is really fantastic. And those are the students that I tend to build really strong relationships with because yep. most of them take at least two, if not three practicums with me uh, okay. over the course of their time at Huntington University. And yeah. so, I mean, I, I stay friends with many of them and it's weird because then they grow up and they go get jobs and then I feel really old and yeah. it's just a moment. It's fine. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. I, I know that plus probably a good 15 or 20 years. Um, so let's talk about Huntington University. How do you describe the university to people who don't know much about it? What do, what do you say? What makes it different? Why is it a place you've worked for as long as you have? I love the fact that at Huntington University, it's all about impact. Mm-hmm. Impact for students who are currently there and who are experiencing some of the most 
incredible years of their life. And it's also impactful for students who are going to come to college mm -hmm. because we are, are really in, invested in what it's like for high school students and mm -hmm. that experience for them, not only with camps, but with high school early entry courses and things like that. And it's also impactful to our alums who have graduated and are across the globe. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the really flowery answer. Yeah. And I like that answer. And it's all accurate and it's all true. But really... I bleed green. Mm -hmm. I bleed Forrester green. I believe in this place because it made a difference in my life. Yeah. And I've, I've watched the stories of how it makes a difference in people's lives 10 years ago when I graduated mm -hmm. and every year after that. And yeah. I love the impact of those individuals about people who I went to college with who are now published authors, who are running companies, who are saving lives, who are doctors and lawyers and teachers and preachers and... Um, inventors and entrepreneurs. Yeah. It's just, it's those incredible stories. So the the root of it is I love the fact that it's a place that changes lives yeah. for the better. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, that's the story I get to tell. Yeah. And that's, I I don't work fully in, in higher ed as you do, but it's still um, my favorite industry to work with because it's still the one thing, despite all the challenges the last few years, it's still the one thing that a lot gives people the opportunity to move up socially, economically, intellectually faster than anything else. You put them on a college campus, whether it's adult students or traditional age students, and they're going to change. And there's a potential for a quantum leap in terms of change if they do it right and they have the right types of influences. Absolutely. And those those students, when you come in and you see them and they, they come from a couple states away or right down the street and they come on campus for the first time and they are moving into their residence hall and they're meeting people mm -hmm. and they're, then they go to class and they have these wonderful relationships with our faculty who are incredible, incredible instructors and experts in their field. And you watch this student, and, and I've had the privilege now after being at Huntington University for six years, I've had the privilege of watching multiple generations of students come in mm -hmm. and just walk out of the place a very, very different but better version of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just this wonderful experience to see how the idea of, of finding a place where they can belong, where they can be truly rooted in something very powerful mm -hmm. and where they can really be their authentic selves. Yeah. It's a really cool experience. Yeah. Well, that's great. So tell me a little bit about the team you work with. How does the work get done and what's your role in all that? There are times I don't know how the work all gets done, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I have, I, I lead the office of universal relations. Mm -hmm. So it's myself, a content developer, mm -hmm. a graphic designer, and then a web content manager. Mm -hmm. And that team does all the internal and external communications mm. for Huntington University and her three locations. Wow. And I have this incredible team where I, I, I've worked with a lot of teams in my life, but my favorite teams are the ones that can come together and collaborate really well mm -hmm. and not just collaborate and it's great and wonderful, but collaborate and actually do something mm -hmm. and, and move mountains with yeah. our work. And so I have a team that we, we get to work with almost every office on campus. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And mostly, most, our, most of our work is done within the enrollment offices. And so we get to put together all the marketing materials for um, what does it look like for a prospective student or prospective parent. Mm-hmm. And we get to think about what is it like for our alums when they want to send their kids off to college. Yep. And we get to think about what does that 16-year-old want in a collegiate experience versus what does mom think that 16-year-old yeah. wants in a collegiate <laughs> yeah. experience. And um, so we get to have all those wonderful conversations and dream about what this could look like and mm-hmm. make that dream a reality. And so my favorite things are when we put together some like sketch work in mm-hmm. front of the office that we're working with and they their eyes light up because they're like, this is what we wanted. We just didn't know how to do it. Yeah. And so yeah. it's, it's those moments. And I, I love the fact that we actually on a daily basis, this team gets so much stuff done and out there. Um, it's really cool to see. I yeah. have a really phenomenal team right now. Yeah, well, that's great. So one of the challenges in working in higher ed is that people choose that path <laughs> in in large respect because they're super smart and they want to share that with other people. What that leads to is real challenges for disciplines like marketing and communication, where a lot of the work is subjective. Do you find that being a faculty member gives you kind of a different level of credibility with the faculty when you're talking to them about an idea, or is there still a little bit of distance between you and the full-time faculty? This is the hardest question I will ask you. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Um, I actually would say it's a bit of both. Mm -hmm. I think that there... I have to give mad props to our full-time faculty because what they do is extremely difficult. And I I realize that especially um, with those faculty who have been there, we have faculty who have been there for 40 years and it just blows my mind that I'm like, you are still an industry professional and you're doing this. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And they've been dealing with college students for 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think that really it's it's less about my status as a as an instructor mm-hmm. and really more about the fact that I have industry experience. Ah, okay. um, too often, and, and this happens at Huntington, it happens at a, almost every college within spitting distance or throwing distance, that people will graduate mm-hmm. and then immediately go work for a higher ed institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that and then there's nothing wrong with that, not yeah. throwing stones, but that does be, present a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. And so the fact that I have industry experience, I, I worked outside, I've I taught before I came to the university, and I feel like that does give me more credibility to be able to say, like, no, I, I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm willing to I'm yeah. willing to strategize and think big picture, and I want to hear your area of expertise because Lord yeah. knows I'm not an expert sure. in chemistry and yeah. biology and all these yeah. things. Yeah. Um, but to be able to say... I, I know why this works and I have contacts who can help me present this and I yeah. can have, I can back up my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a big difference for individuals. And I found that that's actually given me some really wonderful relationships with faculty. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I've found that it's really the blend of the two. You know, when, when I would teach to, you know, the, in the, in the four credit classroom, what I told students is what you're going to get from me that, that you might not get from others is I'm going to talk about here's what happened at work yesterday and bring that into the classroom. I said, but what you're not going to get from me is the same level of time and attention that you're going to get from someone who's full time. I said, they're, they're here to be the backbone of the university in a way that I can't be. I'll still answer your questions, but you're going to get emails from me that say yes. And sometimes they say no, and that's going to be the whole email. But I think really what makes it work is when you have a blend of, of that industry experience, people who can speak the language and give examples of what's happening now, and people who have sort of that legacy experience in working only with students. 
I'm honestly glad to know it's not just me who sends emails <laughs> to students say yes, yeah. no, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's late. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, I 100% agree because there are individuals who've, who've taught at Huntington University who, who were faculty members of mine who oh, wow. are still there wow. but are still doing research and are still yeah. subject matter experts and they're still considered um, and, and sought after by their mm -hmm. own colleagues at different yeah. universities across the globe. But I agree with you. I come into my students whenever I come into a practicum class and every semester I have a couple who are from like a pre previous semester yeah. and then I always have some newbies yeah. that come in and I always start out and say like this class is really based on the ex on on the conversation that you bring to the table because mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what I'm dealing with yeah. in my real world mm -hmm. which is a world that they're familiar with yep. to an extent because yeah. yeah they're Huntington University students but they're not doing the job I'm doing mm -hmm. and then we also get to talk about real life examples and let me tell you this world is full of wonderful real life public relations examples <laughs> yes, as you can yes, imagine it is. and so I, those conversations I agree the best balance is when you get to have a bit of both that's what that's what my students really need more mm -hmm. than anything else. And I, I love that I can talk about the fact that they're my students. Like, yeah. that's how I feel about them. Yeah. By the well, time they great. graduate, it's a little sad. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about some of the big things that are on your plate right now. I would guess that commencement is among them. <laughs> and then maybe some other things. What are some of the top of the to-do list items that you're focused on now and how are you getting those done? You know, I've, I... When I started at Huntington, I felt like I was like, oh, there's a lot going on. Like I'm super, I'm super excited about everything that's going on. And I like that whole idea of being busy and doing lots of things. And every year that's gotten worse <laughs> and better all at the same time, yeah. which is really fantastic. Yeah. So right now, yeah, we are, let's see, it's Tuesday. So we are just a couple days away mm -hmm. from graduation. Mm -hmm. Um, graduating class of 2022. And so right after that, we jump into our summer schedule, yep. which is full of a lot of visit days, a lot of camps. Mm -hmm. We'll have hundreds of non-college students on campus, which yeah. will be really great. Um, but really, honestly, the big thing right now is that this year, uh, 2022, is the 125th birthday of Huntington University. Oh, wow. Okay. And so we're kind of building momentum and gearing up to do some big things in the summer yep. and then some major things in the fall. Mm -hmm. And it's it's been a lot of fun to, especially with the community of Huntington and the surrounding communities, really um, give back an appreciation to the community that helped us grow and build oh, sure. for 125 years. Yeah. But then also to uh, kind of launch into, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. Because we're here, but we're still here. This yeah. isn't, this by no means is the end of a book. It's definitely just turning page to the next chapter. And so that's a huge piece that we've been working on. And my office has been very involved with on many, many fronts. Yeah. And uh, we're also getting ready uh, to close the chapter on one of our bigger strategic plans as we get ready to launch the next strategic okay. plan. So that actually, at the end of the fiscal year, will kind of close that that the one we've been working yeah. on for the last couple of years, which has been a, an enormous success. And it's a lot of fun to tell those stories and as we're gearing up to continue to tell those yeah. stories and then launching right away into our next strategic plan because if you don't know where you're going, how do you get there? Sure. Sure. And so... Is that a three-year plan? Is it a five-year five plan? plan? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just, there's a lot of those types of things going on. And we're always, it's interesting because when you're working in the higher ed um, realm, you're it feels very cyclical to some people, but mm -hmm. at the same time, you're always thinking like, okay, right now we're already talking about homecoming and 
Christmas break time yeah. and stuff like that for this coming year, which is just is wild to me. So yeah. there's yeah. a lot of big things on our plate, but the 125th has been a lot of fun. To well, that's work great. On. Well, that's great. That sounds like it is a lot of fun to work on, especially given your experience, not only as a staff member, but also a faculty member and an alum and a student. So you've got it all covered. I do. I all do. right. So let's pivot to the speed round of the show where we talk about a few things that reflect what we've discussed, but ideally concisely, if I don't get in our way of doing that. Um, so the first question is career path and career success. What is your best piece of advice if you're talking to one of your students, if you were talking to one of your kids when they get a little older, what does it take to be successful and fulfilled in a career from your perspective? The understanding that no job is beneath you. Mm. Um, I had the opportunity to do a lot of jobs and it was a lot of fun to do the jobs that I felt like were the creme de la creme of an internship and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Photo shoots are really fun. Interviewing people is really fun. But filing papers is really important. Mm -hmm. And it taught you – it teaches you a lot if you're willing to take every experience and learn from every experience. Wow. That's great. You know, and it's funny you mentioned that um, because there was a you – were, you were in my head as was a guy named Steve Baker when I came back from lunch this afternoon. Um, Steve Baker was a guy I worked with at Parkview. I worked for Parkview in Columbia City and in Huntington and then eventually in Fort Wayne. Steve was like the VP of something. He was he was a big deal. And Steve, if you're listening, you still are a big deal. But he was in a video and there was a piece of trash on the floor and he picked it up. And the message was, you know, no matter your place in the organization, if there's trash on the floor, pick it up. And that voice is still inside my head. I walked by the front door of Asher today and there was a plate of discarded food. It was really gross. But I said... Lynette's coming here, and this will reflect on Asher Agency. If there's a plate of discarded food in front of our building, I'm going to throw it away. And then the wind was blowing, and like pieces of the food are getting on me. And I was like, this was a terrible idea. I'm glad I, that no job is beneath me, but still, I think I'm going to contract some weird disease. So if I do contract a disease, I will still be happy that I picked up the plate of food, but you will be to blame. So that's my career advice is no job is beneath you, but wear a hazmat suit if you were cleaning up trash outside of your building. Gloves, at least. All right. Right. Well, that went down an unexpected path. <laughs> it did. Let's now pivot to the next question um, uh, about Huntington University. You've experienced Huntington as a student, as an alum, as a faculty member, as a staff member. What's something that might surprise people to hear or something that is really great that is not appreciated enough about the institution? Our faculty. Okay. Our faculty are, are – world-renowned in some ways. We have one faculty member who has discovered the oldest synagogue known to man. Uh, he was the he was the discoverer of it. Um, we have another faculty member. We have multiple faculty members that we actually pull from overseas who not just like visiting, they come here and live here because they were called to be here. Mm -hmm. um, we have faculty members who are making breakthroughs in science. We have faculty, like it's just our faculty. Yeah. I think sometimes we just think that all college is... I'll go to college and I'll get an education. Well, you could, and you probably will, but are you going to get the education you want? And when you have faculty members like Huntington University has faculty members, you'll be amazed at how much better your experience is and how much more prepared you are. I, our students walk away from our film students, for example, walk yeah. out of the classroom their freshman year and they've already worked with industry grade materials and, yeah. and cameras and things like that because our faculty are knowledgeable enough to do and teach and make that a, a priority for them. So I know everybody says, yeah, our faculty are, are awesome. Some mean it and some don't. And I really mean it. So. Well, that's great. Well, that, that probably makes the work a lot more fulfilling when you really can say that. Mm -hmm. All right. Last question. 
Um, in your work, what is a tip or a trick or a hack or a tool, something you use that you rely on that it could be analog and old school and kind of common sense, or it could be a secret that you want to share with the world? What is something you rely on? I desperately wish I had a secret <laughs> to share with the rest of the world. Yeah. Uh, honestly, for me, I am a I am a mixture of analog and digital when mm -hmm. it comes to um, how I process information across the board. And so really the tool that has been with me since graduating college and has stayed with me all the way and I use it every day, it's on on my computer all day, is surprisingly Evernote. I love Evernote. <laughs> it is the I love one, Evernote. <laughs> exactly. It is the one tool. I can't say this about any other tool outside of pen and paper that has been with me since college yeah. that I've used. And I have... It, it blows my mind when people are like, I just, I, I don't really know how to use it. I'm like, oh, but I can show <laughs> yeah. you these things. Yeah. It's yeah. magical. Aren't and you it, sorry you asked? <laughs> because there we go. Yeah. Exactly. I'm yeah. going to take you on a whirlwind tour of Evernote. And it's just this tool that I use for every single thing I do. Yeah. It's really a second brain. It, I mean, for me, it's all the stuff that I would have to keep up here. Mm -hmm. And listeners, I'm pointing to my head. <laughs> that is where it goes. And it's kind of like, if I never need it again, fine. But it, it really plays a role that is in between email and nothing. Because not everything in email needs to be remembered, but there are things that's like, I'm going to need that later. Where does it go? So I use it for, I, the only thing is it's gotten a little bit less good in my mind because you can't sort by tags anymore, which bums me out. Uh, and everyone who's <laughs> listening has just gone completely to sleep. <laughs> but I'm totally in this yes. conversation. <laughs> but other than that, so I had to figure out a new to-do list method, but everything else, it's great. It's my contacts. It's where I keep everything. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it integrates with a lot of other tools that I use, which is also fantastic. Yeah. But because I'm a, I'm a big uh, Rocket Book user and Rocket Beacon user, because I, I will say, okay, I might not have windows in my office. Like I have this really big, yeah. beautiful office, which is lovely, but I have no windows in oh. it. But in order to make up for the lack of windows, they gave me two floor to ceiling dry erase walls, which you guys have some experience yep. with in this space. Indeed. But I get floor to ceiling ones. Nice, and that's nice. fantastic. Okay. And so, so you can draw a window I can, on dry erase. I actually yeah. sometimes my students take pity on me nice. and they come in and they'll draw Christmas <laughs> yeah. scenes out yeah. the window, air nice. quotes. It's yeah. great. But the, the, my Evernote then integrates with my Rocket Books and it's awesome how they all come together and my Rocket Book beacons as well. If you're not familiar with these listeners, go online and look it up. They're fantastic because it allows me to basically treat my whiteboards as searchable in my yeah. Evernote. Yeah. It's magical. So yeah. I really wish those were like secrets that like no one knew, but I'm sure other people I do. I think a lot of people know. don't. I think See? a lot of people don't. Like in Tell Evernote, you. do you ever do handwritten notes that you then scan and then are searchable? Yes. Even I have the worst handwriting Preach. in the world, but it gets most of it yeah. there. So yeah. Yeah. So, I'm with you 100%. All right. Well, thank you for thank you for being here. Thank you for nerding out on Evernote. Thank you for tolerating my story about the discarded food. Uh, plate that was outside of Asher. Um, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been a blast. And thanks to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next week with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then.